I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. All right, we've got action everywhere. Welcome back into Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Jake Galley. I am Sean Levine. Dillian White taking on Tyson Fury for the heavyweight championship of the world. Two rounds in the books. Fight started off Dillian White plus 360. You had to pay for Tyson Fury almost minus 500, minus 490 officially. Jake, what are the live odds right now? We've got two rounds in the books. Yeah, we've got Tyson Fury ballooned up to minus 800. Dillian White coming back at plus 490. So you're not seeing as much of a jump on White's side. Could be an indicator potentially to their handle BT, there. But... BT, you've been watching the fight. Is that what you've seen through the first couple of rounds? Uh, first round was pretty tame. Second round was a big Fury round. I mean, he was he was making White look really, really bad. He's sticking and moving. And, you know, White is just – he just doesn't look like he can get even close to Tyson Fury. So – He's trying a little rough and tumble right now, getting him up against the ropes, but just Fury's so big, man. He's so he's so hard to mess with. Guys, let's stick with the heavyweight conversation, but get out of the ring and into the octagon. And with that, let's welcome on friend of the show, Manpreet Joss from MMA Lock of the Night. Manpreet, I don't know if you saw, but the odds, if it happens, for Stipe and John Jones, heavy in favorite of Bones, minus 200, Stipe, plus 170 we were talking about it before the break i'm surprised it's just i know he's the greatest in john jones but we haven't seen him in a long time he'd be fighting up a weight class are you surprised with those early odds yeah those are pretty wide in my opinion i think i thought it would be closer to minus 150 to be honest i i really expected it to be a, a lot closer because like you said john packing on all this muscle it really takes a lot away from his um you know, his movement and his uh, flashiness that he's kind of known for. And with Stipe, you have a very good fighter that can get the fight to the ground, get the fight into the clinch and really use his own size against John Jones as well. So, yes, Stipe has been a very disrespected champion and he holds the record for most title defenses at heavyweight. We got to put some more respect on his name. So if that line sticks, I will more than likely have some action on the greatest heavyweights of our current era. For sure. I mean, I get it, but the thing is, like, I don't think anybody's more equipped to deal with being out of the octagon for a long period of time than John Jones. Like, this guy, he deals with layoffs and distractions and all that type of stuff. And the thing that I was talking about in the opening segment, man, pre that I always am, always am going to back with John is when there's a level of motivation to prove greatness, it feels like that's when we get the best John Jones. So, like, when he's making his comebacks against Gustafsson and he's making his comeback against Cormier, I just think you see a different beast as compared to him. He's just kind of sitting there taking on these young guns and Santos and, and, and Dominic Reyes. Maybe I'm making excuses for him, but I just think that we see a difference as a fighter. This has been something that he knows people have been talking about for a very long time. How is John, how, how is John Jones? How would he be at heavyweight? He knows this, and I feel like if he is going to take his time and put all this work into it, I think he's going to do it the right way. And I don't feel like ring rust is going to be a problem for him. So I kind of get the odds. 
I absolutely agree with you in the fact that in rematches, he does amazing, right? The Gustafson uh, beat down, the Cormier beat down. He finishes both of those guys in the rematches. But there's one fight in particular that kind of flows past people's minds is the Ovin St. Proof fight. That was a year and a half after the initial Daniel Cormier fight. And that was one of those fights where he wanted to pack on a little bit more muscle and try to be the bigger guy in the cage. He's always been known as the, the gangly guy in the cage, right? But he uses it very well. But in that fight, like... I don't even know if any of you guys remember that fight. That was oh, John uh, like crap. Exactly right. That that was the big thing there. So I was very surprised, uh, or actually, I, I was surprised myself by remembering that fight. So we got to remember that was his, that was his mission in the first uh, or in that Ovin Save Proof fight was to put on the muscle. Now he's doing it to the extent of actually going to heavyweight. Let's see how he actually, uh, you know, works out there. I believe in his skill set. You know, I was a hardcore fan way back when he won the title. I was in the arena down there in New Jersey when he beat down Shogun Hua for the title. And it was an amazing thing to see his run during that time, just dispatching of legends left and right. I wish he was able to do it at heavyweight sooner. Now he's 34 years old. Remember back in the day, we're like, oh, John has so much time. There's so much time to see what he brings to the table. Now the time is running out. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what he brings to uh, here. I believe it's in the summer that Dana has said that he wants to have that fight. That is the perfect fight. Put the interim strap on the line as well, and Garu needs some time to rehab, and then winner faces the champion. I think it's a great uh, course of action for the heavyweight division there. One follow-up on that, so we're talking about interim. The guy who has the actual belt, he's actually in the building tonight uh, for Fury and Dillian White. How much interest would you have in a Francis Ngannou Tyson Fury. It doesn't sound like they would box. I mean, the way they've talked about it, there's going to be some kind of hybrid rules, MMA gloves, but boxing, only boxing striking. Does that interest you at all? Or do you just want to see Francis Ngannou get back into the octagon and fight the best heavyweights? I think you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I think Francis and Fury right now would probably be the best time, especially if Fury gets by White in dominant fashion, as he seems to be doing right now. If he's able to get by him, I think that's a great cross-promotion matchup, cross-sport matchup. And I'd much... I'd be much more in, intrigued by a hybrid school uh, rule set rather than a straight boxing match because let's be honest, right? As fun as it would be, it would be a one-sided fight if it was a strictly boxing match. But yeah, from an entertainment perspective, sure, the spectacle would be great. From a competitive perspective, we know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? We don't really need to see it. I just want to see Francis get back into the cage, honestly, and continue to build on his legacy because he keeps rounding out his game. Just watch that Siragan fight. That's not how most people expected him to win. Let's see what other wrinkles he has in his game that we haven't seen before he starts to get up there in age. And you know, then we start to blame it on he's just getting too old at this time. Get in the cage, my man. Talking a little UFC with Manfred Joss from MMA Lock Night here on the BetQL Network. Tacked out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Let's move on to the next pay-per-view. Justin Gaethje taking on Charlie Olives. It feels like Charles Oliveira still probably doesn't get the credit or the love that he deserves, even from guys like me, because if I'm going to get Gaethje plus money, I'm all over it, man. What about you? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I was thinking the same thing when they announced this matchup, but I just keep hitting myself in the head and be like, dude, did you forget about the last fight? Like the Tony Ferguson fight, the, you know, the, the, the last fight where he won the title, like all these things, we need to remember it. He keeps proving himself and he's one of the best stories in the UFC period. Remember way back in the day, he was like a guy that was trading wins and losses and we didn't really know what he was going to be. And then he started getting these string of wins and his striking, which was his weakest part of his game back then is really catching up with his jujitsu Obviously, I believe he holds a record for most submissions in the UFC, right? Like now all of it is coming together and this Justin Gaethje matchup is a perfect way for him to showcase his full MMA skill set again. So he's sitting at minus 165 right now. Personally, I was surprised when I saw him as the favorite because I thought the public would continue to disrespect him. But, uh, you know, I might bet the Oliveira side. I will wait closer to the event because I think there will be that Justin Gaethje love that comes in. There will be that disrespect for a guy, Charlie Olives. And I do think that will get a better line on him. So, yeah, I'll be backing Charlie there. Uh, I would just like to see a better line personally. Do you think that uh, for his run, like if he gets past Gaethje, is this one that you think continues and lasts for a long time? Or do you think somebody like Islam Makachev is like the real deal and he actually is probably the biggest threat to Ray, uh, to Oliveira right now for the throne? Let's be honest, guys. Uh, Charles Oliveira is keeping the belt warm for my guy, Islam Mahachev. Mahachev is the real deal. I think he's going to go out there and continue that Khabib dominance that the Dagestani guys had way back when he was the 155-pound champ. Uh, I'm a big fan of Charlie Oliveira, but this fight, uh, that would be uh, pretty one-sided. His jiu-jitsu is great and all that, but Makachev's pressure from on top is just something that I don't think Oliveira has faced in the past. So, yeah, Islam Mahachev will be the long-reigning champion as soon as he gets the title shot, hopefully by the end of this year. The guy's got to be next. Your guy, our guy, friend of the show, Islam Makachev, oh. joined us earlier this year. We love I'm that so guy. happy we to see him with his new horses. <laughs> oh, he did, they talked horses for so long. We eventually oh, he, was, he looks so happy. Mind. He had Khabib horse riding with him. They look like oh, they're having a fun time. Don't let him get going. Jake will cut off his mic right now. He'll start talking secretary <laughs> and all this stuff. Oh, we got man pretty jealous talking fighting, if that's okay with BT here. Uh, what fight do you want to see? It looks like we're going to eventually get Conor McGregor back at some point. What do you think makes the most sense? I feel like if you gave it up to me and said you can see any comeback fight for Conor, I'm just ready to see Nate 3 at this point. I don't want it to get... Pacquiao Mayweather-ish where it's like, man, that just happened way too late. What's the one you want to see? I think you nailed it right there. I think uh, I think Connor Nate three would be a good fight for him, especially at this point in his career. Right, he hasn't won a fight in how long? Uh, coming off a gruesome injury, that's a very winnable fight for him. It's a big pay per view seller for the UFC as well. So you think why not favored in that fight? Uh, gotta be Connor. Gotta be Connor favored in that fight. I agree. Gotta be. The other name that would come to mind for me would actually be uh, Jorge Masvidal. You know, there's still a yeah. little bit of heat on his name. They've been talking crap every now and then. Uh, I, I do think that will be a great fight uh, just to sell pay-per-views as well. Let's just get that last little squeeze out of Jorge Masvidal because I really feel he's starting to fan out now from that flying knee that he had uh, back uh, a couple years ago against Ben Askren. Hasn't won a fight pretty much since then either other than the Nate Diaz fight. 
but yeah, that's that. Give me Masvidal or Diaz, Connor. Give me some sort of trilogy of those guys or uh, a three way of those guys, and I think most fans will be happy from an entertainment perspective. I also think that I, I think you got a Jorge Masvidal right now. Like, yeah, I know he's lost to Kamara and Kobe, but like, there's no. I mean, you're losing to the top two guys, and they yeah. are wrestlers. Like, they are going to bring uh, a different style that Connor is not going to bring. Like, that feels like it's just made to be a firefight. I just feel like Jorge right now. Is we saw him versus Nate. Nate looks a little bit uh, more on the downside, I think, than Jorge yeah. does because we yeah. saw him against Leon. He was getting outstruck basically up until the last 30 seconds. So I agree with you. I think that'd be a really, really fun fight between them both. I think that between Jorge's uh, rising star power, maybe it's declining a little bit. And Connor, we know he's the Uber superstar. I feel like that does a gazillion buys that fight. Who's Connor said he wants to go up to 170. What, so, sorry, Connor says at? he wants to. Who do you think is favored, man, Preet, if it ends up being Masvidal and, and McGregor just to kind of piggyback what BT was saying. If that goes down, who'd be favorite? I feel like the public would come in on Connor, honestly. Like, Jorge's a great fighter, and if it was a strictly striking battle, I still do think that Connor would be favored. I'd maybe take a look at Masvidal as an underdog, honestly, if that is the case. Uh, his striking is very good. He's good over five rounds if he needs to be. Connor has been known to slow down later in fights. But I think the public would be on the Connor side here. Uh, I, sorry, I was going to say in regards to that, uh, w- with Masvidal and Connor, Connor has been talking about going up to 170 pounds. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world. That's the perfect fight for both I guys. I don't think he's cutting, man. Like, I, I, you, you see how big he yeah. is and you see all the muscle that he's put on. I don't think he's going down to 155. I think, like, I, I think he's pretty clear in the fact of, like, he wants to go and fight for that welterweight title. I know everybody under the sun thinks that Kamaru Usman's going to kick his ass, but. I think that the guy, I, I think like it's just like John. Like, I think with a guy like Connor, when you've done it all, you need to have something that gets you going, like going and beating Charles Oliver. It's cool. Yeah. You go and you win the belt that you, but he has had that belt before. I think the idea of him being the first three division champion, I understand why that's something that Connor would want a gun for, even if everybody thinks he has no shot in hell. I would still like to see him fight at least one fight out of 170 pounds before getting a title shot. And again, the Masvidal is a great fight uh, to to light him up for that if he does end up getting the victory that night. Man, Pre, before you split, which way you play in Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler? I mean, you're getting heavy underdog money right now on Tony Ferguson. I've been a big Tony Ferguson truther in the past, but man, he has not looked good over the last couple of fights. I really need to, uh, yeah, I, I can't do anything with uh, Tony Ferguson at this point in time. Minus 415 on Michael mm. Chandler. Oh, Lord. Uh, maybe look at the fight. Doesn't go to decision. If you're going to be playing chalk on Michael Chandler, I think there's a high chance that there's a finish in that fight. And there's a high chance that the, the chalk on the fight doesn't go to decision would be pretty high as well. But I'd rather play the fight doesn't go to decision in case of a club and sub situation from Ferguson. Right, He's very wild. He's very unorthodox. Maybe he catches uh, Chandler with something. But this feels like a fight where Chandler should just go out there and do work, whether he KOs him on the feet, uh, Ferguson, very, very hittable. Or if he wants to use his wrestling, that's kind of been the kryptonite for Ferguson over the last couple of fights. His guys just ground him and they just grind him out on the ground. So, uh, yeah, I want to back my guy Ferguson. I just can't do it this time around. Not a good matchup. You're a wise man. He's Manfred Joss from MMA Lock of the Night joining us once again on Tapped Out. Thanks so much, Manfred. We appreciate your time, brother. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to come on again. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of this White and Fury fight as well. It looks to be getting wild. It's getting crazy. Yo, what's going on in this fight? Because I know, BT, you've got one eye on the fight and maybe a half eye on the show as usual. What are you seeing in this fight? It's getting, it, it still is. It's still Fury right now. You got you to gotta cut above the eye. 
of Dillian White. It got a little bit crazy. The ref had to get involved because there's some rough housing going on. But, you know, it was a better fourth round for Dillian White, getting some shots in, but it's still Fury right now. Unofficial scoring right now has Fury winning round one, two, three, four, and five. Although on this other scorecard that I'm seeing, it's actually a little bit more split. I'm, again, trying to host a radio show here with you guys, and that's not easy to do on a normal day. And watch this show out of one eye. Wow. I got a lazy eye. I don't know how this guy has round two for Dillian, for Dillian White. He nearly got knocked out, so this guy's an idiot. Okay, so Current. we've got almost every round for Tyson Fury. Although Dillian White, still, I mean, he doesn't – has he been knocked down in this fight? Because he doesn't look bad. No, he hasn't been knocked down, but he's 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 taken some big shots. He, and he's taken he's, – he's looked a little bit better because he knows that he has to get inside on Fury somehow to have any shot in hell of winning this fight. Um, and you have to go through those giant telephone pole arms that Tyson Fury has – and that's very, very dangerous. It, it, it ends up with you uh, taking some punishment. Quick, BT, has Tyson Fury almost been knocked down? Because that's my prop bet. I got three and a half to one. Has I come close? I have not seen that. I have not seen that. I, Although I've been, I, didn't know I have been, I, I have been kind of half watching. I had to see, you know, man, pre takes as well. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about fighting. It's tapped out on the BetQL Network. 